This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Happy New Year and welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. Now, this podcast is being live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, X and on Twitch. And our podcast is supported by our loyal Patreon community. And without you, we can make this show each week. Also, a huge thanks to Pitta Self-Drive for sponsoring this episode. They're offering TSP listeners 10% off rentals with the code TOTALSAINTS. That's all one word. Now, you can use that code when you're booking online, or you can quote it when you book over the phone. And they offer car, van, truck, and minibus hire at very reasonable prices. They're also flexible on short-term or long-term rental needs, and they operate a 24-hour drop-off service. And having moved house recently, I can tell you that is very useful indeed. Of course, it is January, so if you need a van for a tip run or maybe moving some furniture, they also offer hourly van hire. Pizza Self-Drive is based in West End, making them the best solution for Southampton van hire at affordable prices. And you can find out more or get in touch by heading to pizzaselfdrive.co.uk or giving the team a call on 02380 474 Coming up this week on the podcast, Saints cruised into the fourth round of the FA Cup at the expense of League Two Warsaw on Saturday. Going to review that game. The new year began with a point away at Norwich in the league. I'll probe the memories of our panel when we look back at that one. And our old friend James Mappin from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast is going to be on later to preview the Sheffield Wednesday game, which is this weekend. Now, New Year, but our same old faces, I'm afraid. Uh, My name's Martin Stark, and joining me this evening is Steve Grant, who's the owner of Saints Web. Alfie House is the senior Southampton reporter for The Daily Echo, and Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 258 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
This is the Total Saints Podcast. Now, first up, the weekly shout out for our Patreon community, whose monthly contributions support our show. There are four tiers, ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of the tiers has some different perks, like an ad-free version of the pod. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merch bundles. There's also the TSP FPL and access to some of the live events that we're planning, plus much more. Now, if you want to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just head over to patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast for more details all the links are in the podcast show notes and you'll find them on the youtube description as well so lots to get through this week let's crack on shall we southampton stretched their unbeaten run to 19 matches thrashing league two warsaw in the fa cup third round alfie i'm going to start with you this week i mean that was as routine as a win can be but what did you make of the game um, I think I probably agree with Russell's assessment at the end. Um, I didn't think the first half was amazing. Uh, they had a couple of chances. I think, to be fair, if they had some shooting boots on, they would have been four or five ahead at half time. I think Sekumara had a couple that he should have put away, one with a header and then with an open goal, which was a tough open goal as they come, but it's still an open goal. Um, and I think Will Swalbone a couple of times picked up in the area by um, balls in from Magoma and Fraser on the left as well. But look, we got Ryan Fraser masterclass, really, didn't we? I think I spoke to Ryan on. Um, on Friday, he just had the feeling that he was going to do something special. And um, his finishing is ridiculous. I said to Glenn and Steve about an hour ago, watching the Arsenal game, that if Brian Fraser was playing for Arsenal, we've had a hat-trick. And I really feel like he would have done because um, he seems to take everything that comes his way. The second half was was massively improved. Only after a small blip in the sort of first five minutes, Mason Holgate and Jack Stevens. Um, I felt they both sort of handed a, an equaliser on a plate, really, but got away with it. Um, and I think the game showed that Joe Lumley has... Um, a genuinely decent goalkeeper, actually. I didn't know much about Joe Numley, but his footwork is really good. He knows Dean Thornton really well from QPR, um, and that's sort of why they brought him in. And I think the final thing that I learned, which isn't new information, is that if I had to choose a player to ping a ball 50 yards to save my life, it would be Taylor Harwell-Bellis, because <laughs> he does it perfectly every single time. Um, so, yeah, overall, 4-0 win. Happy days into the fourth round and the draws, obviously, um, tomorrow night or, or tonight when you're listening. Yeah, those uh, that chip over the top was, was something else. Uh, Steve, Chris Sutton thought we'd slip up in his predictions, um, but you were confident of a win. I think we all were. Yeah, I mean, Chris Sutton being contra- contrarian, trying to be um, make a contrarian point is probably not particularly newsworthy. But I mean, in fairness, it was a potential banana skin. We've also been scoring goals for fun in, albeit against bang average League Two defences. So it's, I mean, it's, it's different levels, isn't it? And the end of the day, if, if we'd started sluggishly, especially having made nine changes, if we start sluggishly and they get on the front foot early, then all of a sudden we're we're potentially in a bit, bit of trouble. But actually, there's been very few shocks this weekend, hasn't there? Which, I mean, I think, I don't know how much of that kind of just reflects on kind of the standing of the cup these days, that even teams in in lower divisions aren't necessarily putting putting their all into it apart from in in games where they feel they've got a chance of squeezing through and getting some more money out of the competition which is a shame really but I mean the TV companies have driven a lot of this with their absolute ridiculous picks for um for the televised games solely going on weight of viewers as opposed to anybody actually wanting to watch the game for the kind of narrative angle i think this week's are as bad as they've ever been they're, they're oh, yeah. all, um, all the games have been horrendous so well done you, can't, you kind of feel that they got the results that they deserved though didn't they you, you yeah those games and you run the risk yeah of i mean yeah, the only the only kind of ex- i actually think that i mean for once they've actually picked a man united game that should be interesting away at wigan for the monday night game 
because that's a potent, that's a proper potential banana skin, and that would be very, very funny if they managed to lose that. But yeah, all the, all the others were just like, why are we watching this? And Man, Man City at home to Huddersfield. I mean, what? Yeah, it was just dull as we all knew it would be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, disappointing set of games. There were there were plenty of other other ties in the, in the competition that would have been more interesting, and not and not just saying that uh, from the from the end results. So Maidstone against Stevenage was a was one that ended up being the only upset really. And yeah, there's there's a few others that you probably could have picked. Peterborough Leeds was was would have been an interesting one, even though Leeds won it comfortably in the end. You could go on through there were there were probably three or four that you could have easily replaced. I mean Spurs Burnley, who really who apart from Spurs and Burnley fans cares about that game? Just dreadful. And I mean I'm not suggesting that ours ours should have been picked because us at home against a side fifty odd places below us in, in the league table, that shouldn't be a shouldn't really be an event. And as it turned out, we second half we got the job done and, and hmm. proved that it wasn't. So it was entertaining though, Steve, wasn't it? You know, it yeah, was definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we had as Alfie said, we had that ten minute spell either side of half time where we seemed determined to give Walsall something to something to sort of claw onto. But then, having woken ourselves up from um, from those those little moments, we then kind of hammered hammered things home, and actually probably could have won by five or six mm. in the end. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't complain with a four 0 win. Simple passage through to the um, to the next round. Don't think anybody's picked up any injuries as as a result of the game. So um, everyone's a winner, really. Yeah, and a few players impressing as well. Glenn, I mean, Russell Martin had promised to to field a strong side. We always take his his comments pre-game with a pinch of salt because mm-hmm. we never quite know what yeah. he's going to pull out of his sleeve. But were you expecting nine changes? Yeah, I was more or less. To be honest, I was surprised Taylor Howard Bellis was playing. I thought they'd find some way to put Shay Charles at centre-back and play someone else in midfield sort of thing. So... Uh, but yeah, the, I mean, the lineup didn't didn't surprise me, and the, you know, the, and the performance overall was um, was good. And and to be honest, we should be able to put a team out like that against uh, a mid-table League Two side. As Steve said, we we kind of gave gave them chances, but they were they had nothing up front whatsoever. So you've got to caveat the poor, the performances of the likes of Jaden Magoma. So whilst he looked great going forward, he was completely untested defensively. So there's a uh, there's still a there's still a question mark there. I I totally agree with Alfie on Joe Lumley. I thought he was excellent. Just did everything he had to do. Um, and obviously in a, in a goalkeeper's case, if if they don't get any shot or hardly get any shots at you, then there's there's nothing you can do about it. But he um he did everything that he needed to do. But yeah, I, th- I don't I didn't know much about him either. But if you look at it, he's played 200 league games. Yeah. So it's not like he's he's one of these goalkeepers who's always been second choice. I mean, for context, McCarthy's only played two hundred and seventy-five, mm. and he's five years older. So you know, so I mean, similar to Ryan Fraser, and this is what I've been banging on about all season. When you come in and you get given your chance, you've got to prove that you you can be trusted. And I think after that, Russell Martin would be a lot happier about putting Joe Lumley in the league side if he had to, mm. because he demonstrated. You know, he he managed to demonstrate that he could sort of like play with his, you know, play with his feet, and and certainly better than Mister Ledlegs, who we're paying sixty grand a week to or whatever. So but, uh, and now, because I mean, that's interesting that, that Alex McCarthy's not been on the bench recently, and people were saying, "Well, no. is he still around? Is he is he just fallen out of favour or whatever?" We know that his contract is up in the summer, and that presumably he'll be gone if not. Yeah, let's we're paying him as soon as possible. We're, but we're paying him sixty grand a week to take corners in the warm up. But that's but. 
But as a fan, when you see someone like Joe Lumley come into the team and play well and the manager talk really highly of them afterwards, it kind of gives you that confidence that actually, do you know what? We have got a, a half-decent backup keeper and someone to that could challenge Baz, and we've not had that for a while. I spoke to Joe um, Lumley after the game yesterday. Sorry to cut you off, um, Glenn. Uh, basically, right. He played 41 games for Reading last season in the Championship. So I asked him, you know, why did you join a club when you know really so you're not going to be playing? And he just simply said, well, Southampton's a massive club and I want to be a Premier League goalkeeper and this is the best way of that happening. Um, so I think he's quite happy to sort of be this this backup bit part guy, kind of like Ryan Fraser was coming in. And I think he's another good character and quite clearly he is a better player yeah. in Russell Martin's system than Alex McCarthy is, um, regardless of his shot stopping, which obviously we haven't really seen tested yet. And it sounds like he's still got that ambition then. You know, he's an ambitious player coming in. He's not just coming in to mm. to, to take the money and sit on the bench. He's, but he's saying all the right things. Um, so it was just another positive that came out yesterday, Glenn. And there were there were plenty of them, it seemed to me. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, you know, the ones that we've questioned in the past. Sekumara took his goal really well. I thought he was trying a little bit too hard in the first half. It just seemed to be a panic every time the ball came near him. He tried to do something that wasn't working. Uh, that you know that ultimately didn't work and either lost the ball or but you know just whatever he tried didn't work it was it was nice to see Sam Ammo given a game from the start though most of the play came down the left because obviously Fraser was on was on fire literally so um yeah the right hand side didn't really see much of the ball and that kind of limited Tyler Dibblin a little bit when he came on as well because everything was still sort of going down the left-hand side. So he, he didn't get many touches. You know, Cam Bragg in midfield, coming in and playing the number six in our system when you're 4-0 up is is great for a youngster because he could just, he, he must have touched the ball about 15 times and probably 100% pass completion, just, you know, just knocking it around. And uh, Walsall were on the bus on the way home by then. So, he, he you know, it was a nice... Uh, Nice debut for him. Charlie Alcaraz, you know, someone we talked about, someone's got to put their hands up to um, take Joe Rebo's place over the next few games. I thought Alcaraz played well second half. First half, I think he was he was trying to take liberties a bit. You know, he was trying to nutmeg people and do all sorts of silly turns and stuff like that and ultimately ended up losing the ball. And you, you could visibly see, you know, see Russell Martin getting visibly frustrated with him coughing up possession he obviously had a word with him at half time because second half he was he was, was he just better. trying a bit too hard in the first half do you think is that you know he's, he's, he's trying too hard to, to create an impression I think Sekumara was trying a little bit too hard I think Charlie Alcaraz was the, these are rubbish I'm going to take some liberties here and and try and try and prove that you know I train with Argentina's first team for God's sake you know that, that, <laughs> that's what it, that's what it looked like to me but um but no, he's, he sorted himself out second half and, uh, yeah, thought he played well. But, you know, no one did themselves any harm. That's that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was a it was a decent performance all round. And it, it proved that people can slot into the system. And and, uh, and there were some good patterns of play as well. I mean, the, the, the chip ball over the top is something that we've seen a little bit more. You know, the centre-backs chipping. Um, che Adams' goal against Plymouth was scored that way. Ryan Fraser's first goal was, was scored that way yesterday. Um, and breaking quickly. I mean, if you look at Sekumara's goal, it comes from the goalkeeper to the back of the net in about sort of 10 seconds. There's no stopping in midfield and passing it about and letting everyone get back. So, you know, we do seem to be adding, sort of ironing out some of the some of the things that, uh, that weren't so great earlier on in the season. So, uh, yeah, good day all round. Steve, what was essentially our second string team put in a decent performance? And that certainly wasn't the case at the start of the season. I'm thinking about that Carabao Cup game back in August. Why Why was that? Ultimately, there's there's some players that played in that game at uh, Gillingham that aren't there, that aren't here anymore. You've got 
I mean, at that point, we basically had a, you had a squad which the vast majority were used to losing every week. So the mentality was, was very different. We, I mean, we're now, what, 19 games are beaten in all competitions. We haven't lost a game since the end of September. This is a group of players that is used to winning games of football now. And as a result, you can slot people in a lot easier, I think. The system is now much better drilled. So all of the players know the system. They know what the roles and responsibilities are in various various areas of the pitch. And yeah, so I, so I think you can you can chop and change a little bit more freely now. Whereas at the start of the season, I think there were probably a handful of players that grasped the system very quickly and were very comfortable with it. Others weren't weren't so much and need need a little bit more hand holding and a little bit of rotation in in and out of the team to to kind of get get used to everything. And also the way that we've we've kind of migrated from what we were doing at the start of the season, which was a thousand passes a game and not really necessarily going anywhere, to now being a lot more been a little bit more pragmatic, but also just being more more kind of clinical and picking our moments. And I think that when when the players kind of have that sort of vision of how they're gonna slot in and how the team is expected to deal with certain circumstances. That just gives players the comfort that they can slot into the team, and it's and they're gonna they're gonna feel comfortable, and and the environment around them is is kind of geared up to helping them helping them do what they need to do. Whereas I think in previous, I mean certainly that I mean that Gillingham game that that game was basically set up for everyone to fail. Really, it was right which which one of you lot want to actually be here and, and which don't. And I think and a few of them did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, we 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 got a very a very firm answer from some of those. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, look that that game's that game's out of memory now. It's in way in the past, and yeah, I think the the contrast between the two games. I mean, two basically mid-table um, League Two opponents. One where we've been completely just outgunned from set pieces, really, and just out out fought across the pitch. To a game, yeah, what four or five months later, where we've. Yeah, we've been very comfortable and kind of kept them at arm's length pretty much throughout, really. Final word on the the youngsters, Alfie. Obviously, there were a few getting some minutes yesterday. Any that really stood out for you? Any that that, that you think might have, um, have done themselves a favour and put their name in the hat for a start or a, at least a, a place on the bench in the league? Yeah, I don't know if any of them have put their, their name in the hat for a start, if I'm being completely honest, but I don't think they're expected to at this point. They're obviously, you know, three of them are 17 years old. Um, Cam's a little bit older, he's 19, just turned 19. And I thought Cam actually, as um, Glenn said, he looked really, really assured in that midfield role, but it was obviously quite a comfortable one to come into. The under-21s are back in action again on Friday. They're playing Spurs in the Premier League. So I'm looking forward to going to that one at, at Snow Stadium. But yeah, echo all the things they've already said, really. You know, Jaden was really good going forward. A um, couple of balls into the box. Smallbone could have finished one. He could have had an assist. Um, but I'm not really tested. I felt that Ammo, you know, luckily we've already seen what Sam Ammo can do. So no one sat there going, oh, this kid's not ready. But I felt that he'd have been disappointed he didn't really carve a real chance out for himself. I think he probably would have felt that was an opportunity to score a goal. And I would have liked to see Tyler. I mean, Tyler's preferred position is really playing as the, the eight or the 10. He was out on the right. So again, I thought it was slightly different for him as well. But I think it was more about just giving them that experience inside St. Mary's. You know, Andy Goldie, academy director, was there. Dave Horseman, their old coach, was there as well. Um, obviously, just been let go from Forest Green quite recently. So good to good to see him come along and watch the lads. Um, but yeah, just another good day for the academy, really. I mean, we, we ticked off a debut for Cambrag. 
Um, I think we'll see more of him because Russell Martin really likes him. You know, he said to me a couple of times about the way that he comes into first team sessions and then he'll go back out into the 21s and start coaching his teammates. Everything that he's learned, he starts passing on. And that's exactly what you want from young players. So, yeah, really exciting times. But um, I don't think anybody did anything outrageously special. It wasn't like they came on and, you know, created 10, 15 chances or anything like that. But um, a good a good run out. There is that bit of a buzz around, though, with the youngsters at the moment, Glenn. I know we'll get on to um, the transfer window and a few of them have signed professional contracts. But it's, it's good to see them getting the chances and, um, and doing themselves proud yeah i mean that's that's what the fa cup and the you know the carabao cup are, are kind of good for it's you know to slot people into a team into a system it's it's a lot easier to be you know slotted into a system that everybody knows and all the senior players are, are comfortable in it it's, it's much easier to slot a youngster in when it's like that rather than we've had in the past you know maybe you know last season for example you couldn't have slotted a youngster into that because it was a complete shambles they'd have just drowned you know it would just would have been horrible so I mean I'm interested in the fact that you know most of the lads that we've got who are anywhere near making a debut or you know playing league games for the first team are 17 I do I do wonder what happens to the um I mean Canberra's 19 as it turns out we seem to I, I don't know if this is a thing for every club but we seem to hang on to players for till they're 23 or whatever and they're never ever going to make it you know I mean like I saw the other day Jake Vokins is still at the club Mm. Guy's about twenty-five, mm-hmm. so there does there does seem to be a a little bit of a, a a disconnect there where you know we've got an under twenty-three team. You assume we've got some players who are like twenty-three, twenty-two that are nowhere near the first team. But no, if the seventeen-year-olds can do it, then uh, what's it? If you're uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough. So uh, I just think it's 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 a good thing. They all they all took their chance, and none none of them would have gone down in. Russell Martin's estimation. That's uh, that, and that's a good thing. That's good. Well, Saints will be ball number ten in the fourth round draw, which is going to be on ITV. If you're listening on Monday morning, it's going to be on uh, Monday evening. I think it takes place just before Wigan versus Manchester United. So, uh, if you're listening Tuesday or onwards, then you'll know who we have. Um, but Monday night for the uh, the fourth round draw for the FA Cup. Who do we want? Pompey. Oh no, <laughs> they're out. What, what shame. <laughs> Eastley. <laughs> Nah. Oh, what do you mean no to Eastley? That'd be the best one, surely. Nah. You don't think they're, they're going to win the replay? Man United for me. Man United at home. At home. What, mid-table mid, <laughs> mid Premier League opposition yeah. so yeah. we can te- we wanna... test, test yeah. our level? Absolutely. And, and it'd be on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Right. Uh, in the reverse of the opening day, Sheffield Wednesday are up next in the league. To help us preview that one, let's welcome James Mappin from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. James, how are you doing? All right. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back on. Obviously, didn't uh, didn't disgrace myself too much last time, I guess. <laughs> I feel a lot has happened since we spoke, and that was only back in the summer. I think the last time we spoke, the chairman was asking fans for money to pay the tax bill, uh, and you, you just had a, a new manager at the time. So uh, so what have you made of the start of, to the season? How are things working out? Yeah, it's been up and down, I think, is uh, the kind way of putting it. It's been crazy. You know, the, the first game of the season, obviously against you boys, we didn't quite know how bad it was going to be. But kind of, you know, we, we thought when we, when we played you, yeah, you know, Premier League side just come down. It's going to be tough. We're probably not going to have much of the ball. And obviously that's kind of how it played out. Unfortunately, that's how we played in every single game um, in the first 10 games under Cisco Munoz. So, no, it's been it's been absolutely awful. Although form's picked up of late, you know, new manager, Danny Rill, come in, unproven. Obviously, you, you know him, of course, mm. from his time yeah, yeah. at Southampton and he's... He's just kicked on and, you know, we're playing football that I didn't even think was even possible with the squad that we've got. And, yeah, the the, the performances are now, well, the results, should, should I say, are now matching the performances because, you know, we're three on the bounce at the moment, which is the first time we've done that all season and first time since, uh, you know, the back end of last season when we were in League One. So what's he done then? Because obviously, as you say, you know, Danny Roll, formerly of this parish, when he moved on, our form did drop a bit. And a lot of fans were saying, well, it's because he's gone and we should try and get him back. But there was always that kind of, yeah, he was a great assistant. Could he do it as a manager? But he, he seems to have, have worked wonders so far. Yeah, the, the football that we play is totally different to what we were playing before. We were kind of just relinquishing possession, very much trying to play teams on the counter, but then didn't really counter attack either. Whereas now on the front foot, pressing from the front, you know, Bailey Cadamarchi has been leading the line. He's, you know, he won't give, if you like to pass the ball out from the back, he's on you straight away. But not only that, the, the pressing as a team as well, which I think is key. Like, it's all right, one and two people doing it, but we're doing it as a as a team. And we know when to do it and when not to as well, you know, not to burn burn himself out. The thing that's been lacking is, the, is confidence like this season. I mean, look, when you go 10 games and you don't win a game, at all, then confidence isn't exactly going to be very high. And you know, now I think he's just instilled that belief into the players that they can do it. Obviously, he's very analytical. He loves the numbers. XG. I know some people cringe when people say that that word or that them two, them two letters. <laughs> yeah. But he, he he loves it, and you know, obviously, the performances were getting better. The results were still, you know, we we're still losing games when he came in, but he stuck with it. And I think that's down to you know, people, other people on Twitter and what have you have looked and got, you know, the data is saying that we should be like a mid-table side. We should be picking up more points than what we have done recently. It stuck with it. And then now we're starting to see the, uh, see those results come. And, and yeah, he's, he, I've never seen a manager or well, the fans take to a manager so quick. Literally, we'd, we'd won one game in, in five and we're all singing his name, you know, he's fist pumping at the end, walking, doing a lap of honour. He's mad. Like, I, as I said, I've never seen someone take to a fan base like he has, and and it's it's great to see. It's if you didn't know where we were in the league, you you think we were in the top six, not you know in the relegation zone, three points from safety. I'm glad it's working out. It's nice to hear, but there is a little bit of me that thinks, you know, what if 
Um, so are you playing with four two 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 like we did at Southampton when he was there with, with Ralph? Is that how they're setting up? What's the, the formation like every week? Uh, it could be different every single week, to be honest. Uh, it's mainly it's either a four three three, although, however, the past couple of games has been a four two three one, which I think has, you know, I think he needs to continue with that, to be honest. We've had players come back in, Momo Diabe. He um, he played 20 minutes against Preston, which was, I think, third or fourth game of the season. Got injured. He's only just come back. He wasn't named in the 25-man squad, so even though he was fit, he couldn't even play. Obviously, January the 1st has come around, and uh, he's been been registered. He came off the bench, and he he played the full game uh, in the FA Cup against Cardiff, and he is an absolute Rolls-Royce in that sitting midfielder role. So I I hope that we do continue with a a 4-2-3-1 and... We've got some fast, pacey wingers. You know, Bailey Kadamarch has come out of the at the academy as well. He's uh, he's scored three three goals so far this season, and it's um, yeah, it's looking it's looking a lot better. Um, but he does change it as well. He doesn't, you know, uh, Hull went down to ten men after thirty minutes half time. He changed the system. He made a substitution at half time, and he's he's ballsy like that, which I like. He, he's he's he take, I won't say he takes risks. I think they are all calculated risks because that's what type of person he is. But he's not he's not one of those like, oh, I'll see how it goes. If he sees something and he wants to change it, he'll change it. I mean, that was a decent cup tie as well at the weekend. You must have been happy with that. <laughs> uh, mental. We kick off, score after, <laughs> what, two minutes? And you're thinking, what a fantastic start. I mean, we, we did field a fairly strong side and by all accounts, Cardiff made quite a few changes. So you're thinking, well, it's going according to plan. And then literally they go down the other end and it's a penalty, which, um, yeah, whatever. Cameron Dawson saves it. And then he saves another one three minutes later, which you're thinking, when they get the second one, you're thinking, ah, oh, God, it's going to be it's going to be 1-1. One, one, you know, but to save two penalties like that, I think he saved seven out of 12 and he saved three of four. He's already saved a penalty this season. Did the did he put it the same way? I haven't seen them. Did, did he put it the same way? It was a different taker. Oh, right. Okay. Someone else, someone else took it. One went to the left. Um, and then the, the second one, Callan Robinson put it to the right. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the first one, but he saves it. I think he's like, an, I don't know if it's, it's his leg or it's an outstretched arm. Uh, and then he sat on the floor and the ball just goes straight up in the air and just drops on his lap. So it was, <laughs> it was very, perfect. you know, yeah, exactly. Perfect. But yeah, Cameron Dawson's had his critics this season, but certainly nobody can, uh, can fault his ability to save from 12 yards. I mean, let's just talk about the league as well. It was, you put the cup to one side, but that was a decent win uh, against Hull, I think, wasn't it, last time out in the league? So um, there's a bit of momentum there. Yeah, like I said, three games on the bounce that we've uh, that we've won in all competitions. Um, yeah, we're going into that Hull game and I took a point, to be honest. I think Hull absolutely battered us at their place, but, you know, we're a different different beast, as they say now, playing a lot more, you know, a lot better, a lot better football, totally different. Um, yeah, the red card swung it massively, but we were well on top before that red card, to be honest. And, you know, although they looked dangerous when they came forward, we had the ball was in their half a lot, you know, a lot longer than what it was in ours. Obviously, the, the red card just exaggerated that. But still, you know, as you probably found out, you know, over the seasons, going, you know, playing against 10 men, it's not as easy as what it seems. You know, pressure gets put on you. You know, the fans expect you to to go on and win the game. And, you know, like I said, we made a change at half time and to put three past them. All right. They, we didn't keep a clean sheet. Another penalty, by the way, that, after the two at the weekend, that's nine penalties that we've conceded. And uh, we've had a grand total 
of zero. So um, <laughs> yeah, you might get a penalty on uh, on Adam, Saturday. Adam Armstrong it. needs to uh, practice his penalties this yeah, week. Yeah, you might get a penalty. Um, I'm not going to score it, but you might get one. <laughs> well, well, maybe you can um, stick that in your prediction um, when we do those at the end. Alfie, we had James Ward Prowse and Nathan Teller in the starting eleven last time, and to be honest, mm. that feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? That was weird because that was the last eight minutes of the game when they just I think they had 100 percent possession basically and played it all around. We were thinking this is going to be the easiest journey of a lifetime, and then obviously end up having to lose a few games and work a few things out. Um, I'm a little, I'm actually quite interested in what you said there, James, because if you've got a, a sort of Claudio Ranieri-style Tinkerman, then I think you, you might come to St Mary's and put sort of 10 men behind the ball because every team that does that seems to have a chance. The ones that come and play, like Blackburn and Swansea, they get torn apart, they get hammered. So, you know, if that's the way he's going to approach these games, he might do that and then make a change sort of last 10, 15 minutes, try and win the game. I don't know if that's something you see him doing. Yeah, I mean, the we, we have played different in all in all the games it's not like you know the, mm. the same way i mean but we do like to play out from the back i think every team likes to do that now i think it's not it's not a new thing anymore is it it's, it's kind of uh, it's weird when a team doesn't do that to be perfectly honest um but when you when you look at the preston game the second half we were it would literally it what i don't want to say part of the bus because i don't think it was like that but it was literally an onslaught from preston but we just dealt with everything that, that came our way we were one nil up and we we're kind of kind of happy to to sit on that lead i, I don't think danny Rill would have said that i think he, you know we probably mm. wanted to to play a little bit differently but that's how it was and you know the the, the players were more than adequate in, in in doing that and and yeah i think he does like to he does like to play football. I don't think we are just going to put 11 men behind the ball. I don't think that's his, his way of doing it. However, having said that, when we've got um, we've got Masaba, we've got Gasama as well on both sides. Kadamatri's got, you know, he's only 19 year old. He's got a lot of pace. So when you add that to Josh Windass as well, who's been playing in the in that number 10 role, you know, we can kind of sit in a little bit and then all of a sudden we could could catch you on the counter. And we've, we've now mm. got that pace that, they can keep up with the with the play, you know. In, in, in years gone by, you know, we haven't had pace at all, or if we have, it's just one player, and you know, they speed off, and no, no, no one is nowhere to be seen. But you know, we, we can we can actually break in numbers now, which is uh, which is good. It's going to be an interesting pressure and atmosphere, I suppose, for the players. I don't know how much they really read into it, but I think you know when you've got a club record that is 40 years older than Glenn and it's hundreds to what, 17, 18, 19 games, you want to break that, don't you? They've lined it up now so that they're going to be 20 in all competitions and 19 in the league, which is both of the records in the club's history if they just avoid defeat on Saturday. Um, you'd like to think they'll be able to get over the line. I think Russell Martin's got them well drilled. They've got them focusing on their, their football rather than records and stuff like that. But it's a massive game for the club, isn't it, really? You have to... You know, you want to get that record. You want to get the next two games unbeaten, whatever happens, um, and you want that to be written in history. And it would just be us if an ex-employee, someone that was on the payroll a couple of years mm. ago, comes back and masterminds that. Um, Steve, are you nervous about the, the Danny Roll side at St Mary's? Or are you excited to see what they bring? I'm interested, certainly. I mean, they were very limited on that opening night, and yet they still nearly took a point from us. So mm. it's cliche obviously but they're very few very few easy games at this level each team offers offers different things that that can hurt you if you if you're not on it and we've shown against I mean we drew at home with Rotherham of course we've drawn against other sides who we would have expected to have to won against fairly comfortably Huddersfield for example um maybe it's just Yorkshire we've got a problem with but yeah I mean when Wednesday have got a bit of momentum built up and and the results are results are going favorably at the moment so it's yeah I mean they're they're a team in in some decent form now so it's not not gonna be easy I do think that that role might try to be a little bit more pragmatic than than he would be 
if you were playing against one of one of the other teams sort of down near the bottom. Um, but that doesn't necessarily have to equate to sticking everyone behind the ball and basically playing like Norwich did against us on New Year's Day, um, which was absolutely extraordinary, by the way. And yeah, it's, I think, I mean, obviously it's a game that we should win, everything being equal, but you've got to go out and earn it. And and I mean, of course, we're, we're, we're kind of lacking lacking a few options, relatively speaking, um, I mean, there's. I mean, it's going to be the world's smallest violin from from fans of of clubs with smaller smaller squads than us. But Aribo's been in good been in good form recently. Sam Adozi's been in excellent form recently, and both of those are are missing. So yeah, we've got a couple of couple of sort of selection dilemmas in in attacking areas. But other than that, I think good to go, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Just in terms of how we might set up for this one, Glenn, um, we will get on to the, the Norwich game, unfortunately, before we finish. But does the, the Jack Stevens conundrum continue? Is that something which could potentially see us coming undone at the weekend? This, this shoehorning him in to a side and, and playing him at right back, perhaps just to, to get him on, on the pitch from the start? Um, I hope not. I think Russell Martin's kind of alluded to the fact that that was a bit of a mistake because he basically picked Jack Stevens instead of Shay Adams. And um, and swapped it around to put players out of position to to accommodate that. So I can't see him doing that in a home game. To be honest, Carl Walker Peters is so much better when he plays in his in his natural position. And as much as he ever is, Che Adams is in decent form at the moment. You know, he's 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 scoring goals on a fairly regular basis. So we just need him to wake up fully, and then we'll have a we'll have a proper centre forward for the for the rest of the season, assuming he's not sold in January. So. Uh, um, no, I, I can't see that happening again. I, I, I mean, I think he'll, I think he'll, you know, we'll go with the same formation. Ryan Fraser will take Sam Adozi's place, and it'll probably, well, it'll be one of Smallbone or Alcaraz to take the place of um, take the place of Joe Arebo. Other than that, I don't see there being sort of like a, a vast amount of changes um, from the from the last league game. Do you think it'd be the same nine changes or nine changes again from the cup game, Alfie? I'm just trying to like do the maths in my head. Presumably, yeah, I, um, I can't do I'll, those numbers. Presumably, Taylor Harbour Bellis will start. Maybe Ryan Fraser. Yeah, it would be, be Bazunu, Walker Peters, Harbour Bellis, Bednarek, Manning, Downs, Smallbone, uh, yeah. Stewie Armstrong, and then the front three that Glenn said Adams, Armour, and Fraser. It's a good side, isn't it, really? When you say it out like that, and I think even without Joe Rebo and Samadosia, like James will be sat there, I'm sure that um, there'll be loads of those players you'd love to have in the team. So there's no excuses for Saints, for sure. Um, it's got to get the job done. Do you think you've got enough to stay up then, James? Have you seen enough the last couple of weeks? Stay up. I've, I've already booked my uh, hotel for Wembley for yeah. the playoffs. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, we, I, I think we've got That's more. That's going to be quite a run. <laughs> yeah, well, I might have to book it twice because, you know, FA Cup as well, depending on who we get. We might, might have to get to go all the way in that one as well. Now, um, yeah, I think we've got more than enough to, to stay up. Uh, it's weird because you asked me that two weeks ago uh, and I would, I would have said we're, we're down and out. Uh, the, the gap was nine. We had a chance to to bring it back to three points, and we we were bleeding against Cardiff and lost that game. And then the the, the game after, we uh, we lose, and everyone else won around us. So the gap did, like I said, went out to nine points. The two games after that, we've won. Huddersfield have lost them both. The gap's now three. So it's it is really crazy stuff how uh, how things can change. But no, I think under Danny Rill, there's still a lot of football left. I think we're getting a bit, you know, um, you know looking and thinking oh we're never going to do it but we're playing differently we're playing a lot better um january is going to be massive we haven't made any signings yet it's what the 7th of january now i'm thinking that the reason why we haven't made any signings is the better players normally come 
later on in that window, the good players, the, the, the bad players or the not as good players, should I say, normally leave straight away. Um, so, no, I think that we, um, I think January is going to be huge. If we can bring in the, the additional players that we need, then then I think obviously we'll have, you know, we'll have more than enough. But yeah, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think we'll have, have enough come, come the end of the season. Can I get a score prediction from you before we let you go? Can I have one with my head and one with my heart? Because they will yeah, be go for it. different. Yeah, yeah my, my heart is saying that, yeah, we could go down to St. Mary's and, and carry this run on that we're on, you know, make it four wins out of four and perhaps beat you 2-1. My head is thinking that really you're probably going to have too much for us, to be perfectly honest. It might be a 2-0 win to Saints. Okay, let me uh, go around the screen just to get the other guys. Uh, Steve, score prediction? Yeah, I th- I think ultimately it's it's going to be one of those one of those ones where we might have to wait, be a bit patient, wait to the second half. And we've we've done this a lot this season, haven't we? Where we've we've broken teams down late in games. Uh, Needs to be a little bit patient, wait for wait for legs to tire on the opposition, and and then use the quality that we've got coming off the bench. But yeah, I, th- I think the I think the score. Um, score James has come up with is probably about right. 2 0 win. Okay, Glenn. I mean, I don't see Wednesday being anywhere near the bottom. To be honest, get um, you know nowhere near the work. Even that first game of the season, I don't think they're anywhere near one of the worst sides that I've uh, I've seen this season. Much I said the same about QPR, but since they played us, they've lost about the last three games. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a tough game. I mean, I don't know what sort of teams you've been playing on your on your recent run. I don't know how you've got on against, you know, the likes of Leeds, Leicester, Ipswich, the sort of like yeah. top end team. Leeds, we played them at the start of the season with Cisco. That were nil nil at their place. Leicester, we won one draw last minute equaliser at, at, at home. Um, the, the three that we played, uh, um, we played Preston and that was a one nil win at, at Deepdale. Then it was, Car- uh, we've played Cardiff just, just gone and it was Hull the game before that. So, yeah. uh, yeah, the whole went down to ten men. Yeah, so I think, I think you know, without being arrogant about it, I think we're a step up from what Wednesday have been playing in the last sort of few weeks. Especially at home, we seem to have got our home form sorted out. I mean, three out of the last four games we've scored, you know, four, four, five sort of things. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm quite confident of um, of the of the run continuing. But uh, but I think Wednesday will give us problems. So I'll go two one Saints. Okay, and Alfie, to complete the set? Yeah, I'm looking at the Boxing Day match where you went to Coventry and lost 2-0 as a marker. I think that when Saints went to Coventry, it was a relatively even match, so I'll go for a 2-0 as well, copy Stephen James. Okay. Um, if anyone's watching on the live stream, James, are you okay? Because it looked like the Grim Reaper was just sneaking in the room <laughs> behind you. We saw like the, the shadow on the wall, but are you okay? Are you all right? I am absolutely fine. I am. I'm, we've, uh, we're recording our podcast in uh, about five or ten minutes. So, uh, yeah, just guests arriving, or should I say co-hosts Complete arriving. Complete the creaking door as well. That's why I was just a little <laughs> bit worried about you. <laughs> it, it, I, I, did, I, did, I did say to him, be quiet uh, before I <laughs> but, you know. Can't help the door. Well, we might end up drawing each other in the FA Cup. So, you know, I, I won't say that's it for this season because uh, you never know. We might get you on again. But thanks for coming on. No uh, problem. Good luck with Danny Roll as well. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the weekend. Great stuff. See you guys. Cheers, James. Cheers, Thank Cheers, you. James. We will talk uh, transfer window as well before we finish. I'll get everyone's thoughts on that. The last league game was the trip to Norwich on New Year's Day. Uh, ultimately, a, a frustrating afternoon. One all the final score. Glenn, I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back uh, if you can. <laughs> one nil up in control of the game. We've seen it before, haven't we? And uh, and that's why I think we were banging our heads against the telly. Yeah, we got a, we got a problem with scoring a second goal in away games, haven't we? We, uh, I mean, Norwich. 
it's going to sound like sour grapes because at the end of the day they got they got what they came for but to set up like that at home is a disgrace and it's been quite nice i mean it's funny you mentioned chris sutton earlier on chris sutton is obviously heavily involved in norwich and he wrote a bit big article because he actually went to the game saying it was an absolute disgrace the way norwich set up um in a home game and southampton are not prime real madrid what on earth are we doing in a you know in a home game it's ridiculous um and it just annoys the hell out of me that those tactics were basically rewarded in the end and they you know they got the point that the manager obviously um obviously wanted we didn't do ourselves any favors i don't think russell martin had his best day with that the shoehorning in of jack stevens i think it unbalanced the team and we kind of wasted the first half when when norwich were determined to play with a back 10 we kind of didn't do a great deal going forward. Ironically, it was Jack Stevens who came closest to scoring when he when he hit the bar, but that doesn't um, that doesn't justify that selection. I don't think um, half time he obviously realised that it wasn't quite happening and brought Che Adams on and 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 we looked better. Lovely bit of play by Kyle Walker Peters to um, set mm. up the goal. Adam Armstrong is obviously deadly from there. So, um, <laughs> but it, it just seemed it just seemed to me that we. You know, we worked so hard and batted our head against the wall so much to get that goal. We never really settled down after we'd scored the goal. And immediately we started to let Jonathan Rowe run from midfield. And he, he did it the first time and it ended up with a shot into the side net end. So we got away with it then. And then he did it again two seconds later. And that, that ended up with the um with the equalizing goal. So it was yeah, it was just it was just annoying. Um and the referee was an utter idiot. We're gonna get onto him um as you know with if they'd have gone down to 10 men like they should have done this is not a var argument it's um the referee saw it and he decided that was a yellow card basically jack stacy hitching a ride on it ankle it's just a dreadful challenge and you know if we played against 10 men then i'm 99 percent sure we would have won that game but uh, I'm sure Stacey's got form for that against us as well when he was at bournemouth there was there was one um incident when we played down there where he I'm sure he shouldered, shoulder charged somebody into into the stand and got away with it. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously a, a nasty piece of work, and he was he was notably very quiet for the rest of the game. So, but I mean, the the, the referee, the referee is one of these Premier League referees, and I I have a problem when Premier League referees come down to um, to referee in the Championship because refereeing with VAR and refereeing without it, it's a bit like driving an automatic as opposed mm. to driving a car with gears. You know, it's completely different. And if you drive an automatic, you you can't drive a car with gears. <laughs> and it just it just seems that way because you, you you don't have to make decisions. In the Premier League, that Adozi tackle, mm. he doesn't make a decision. It probably gets upgraded. Whereas in the Championship, you've got a referee differently. You've got it was to make the, the one on Carl Walker Peters as well, wasn't it? The 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 foul where he, he just like gets yeah. bundled over and then they get the free kick. It's like what? Yeah, the, yeah, their guy sort of fell into him, and and apparently that was that was a foul. But but it was it was other things as well. I mean, in the first half, Norwich were leaving their foot in quite a lot, which they're entitled to do. But you, you know, you you've got to look to the referee to to you know look after the players and, and referee the game properly. And he was just kind of letting them get away with everything. And uh, yeah, it just added to the sort of total frustration of the game, really. But uh, but from our point of view, you know, we, we've got to sort out scoring a second goal away from home. You know, we, we do it in home games now. So that, that for me is the next thing for us to sort out is is what to do when we um, when we go 1-0 up in away games. We, you know, against QPR, we, 
I mean, we didn't score a second goal, but we at least we at least tried to. But in this in this Norwich game, we got the goal, and then kind of nothing. Um, they equalised, and and that was the end of that. And we did have the chance in the last minute, of course. That's the other thing. I mean, the Norwich goal. It was a lovely finish by Sergeant, and he'd been on the pitch five minutes, mm-hmm. and he just passed it passed it into the corner of the net. When that ball went through to Adam Armstrong, I knew he wasn't going to score. It just just knew, and he just smashed it straight at the goalkeeper, who didn't didn't have to move, and it. It's like either side, and that's that's a goal. And I, I can't stand this. He hit it too well. Argument. I mean, <laughs> sh- sh- shut up. He might have hit it well. He didn't aim it properly, did he? You know. <laughs> Alfie, what is the latest on on Sam Adozi? Because I think you know we lost Bednarek as well, then Adozi as well. It, it did feel like it it unbalanced the team. Um, and that that tackle was, as Glenn says, it was criminal, really. Yeah, Glenn's covered the tackle. I mean, it's right in front of us, actually, on the left. And it was you can see it was a bad one. And then when you watch it back, it's a, it's a clear red. But I think Russell said they didn't bother pestering the referee at the end of the game to ask why, because there's no point. You don't get any of that, that do you? Um, no. So at the moment, it looks like he's going to be out for the month of January, according to Russell, um, which obviously puts him on similar timelines to Camaldi and Sulemano. Um, so he he said that he, you know Sam will be available to play at the start of February. So I think that end of January sort of that includes his getting back up to fitness and getting back up to being ready. So it's lucky we've got Ryan Fraser in the form that we have. Um, but I was actually just thinking when you were talking a bit ago, I don't know who that leaves as the backup to um, to Ryan Fraser on that left hand side because um, they've had a couple there. But who would be the, the next choice? Because you might have said Ryan Manning could actually do a job there on a sling, put James Bree back. But obviously James Bree's uh, out for the same timeline as well to the end of January. So they are a little bit short in those numbers there, and maybe when a, a winger hopefully comes in on loan this month it's uh, somebody who can play on both sides and just sort of fill that gap temporarily as well is it one of those results steve we just need to take in the the context of the whole festive run i think it was four games in 10 days wasn't it and and that would have had a, an impact on the team there would have been some some tired legs and, and tired minds and you know we got a point away from home yeah i mean it, w- it will have done but at the same time those three previous games were all pretty comfortable um i mean plymouth we somehow made a game of in the the six minutes of injury time but the Blackburn and Swansea games were were very comfortable. The Q, QPR game was pretty comfortable, really, in the grand scheme of things, even though it was only 1-0. So, actually, they, they've they not been as sort of overworked as as they could have been, that's for sure. If if all of those games had been close, then uh, then I think there's... And we'd had to keep the same 11 due to injuries and, and whatnot, then I think there's there's a stronger argument in that. But... I think having having gone one nil up and looked pretty comfortable with an with an opponent who was showing very little ambition to get beyond their own halfway line, really, then yeah, it's it's frustrating. And I mean, one thing Glenn mentioned the lack of lack of away goals in terms of getting the second goal. I think it's three or four games we've scored twice away from homes this season. A lot, and um, we've we've scored in. I think we've scored in basically every game apart from. Apart from Sunderland, I think away from home, so we don't have a problem scoring. It's just going on and and kind of as as you say, sort of making making games safe when we're taking the lead, which then means that you can you can coast a little bit more in in the latter stages of games and preserve preserve energy. I mean, obviously for the next next few weeks we've got no no midweek games, so that's less of a less of a priority now. But when you're when you're playing over those busy periods, if you can get those get those games won early and make changes and rest and rotate, then you're you're onto a onto a winner. But unfortunately, we didn't we just didn't manage that second half particularly well at Norwich, really. Unfortunately, 
Alfie, I've lost count of the players that you've spoken to in the last week or so. Uh, am I right thinking Flynn Downs was this week? Was that a piece recently, just talking about him and the, the tough time that, that he's had? It's, it mm. seems like he's not quite out of the woods or out of the toilet, as it were. Yeah, there's still, uh, there's still some issues going on there. I mean, Steve was right. I mean, his response to the article um, was, was bang on. It sounds like he does need a chef. I don't know exactly how you catch uh, E. coli, but it didn't sound like a great thing to have. And he said it was three weeks of um, real torment, to be fair. And I think he was making himself available for games, despite not feeling very well. And I think that was why he was coming off the 55, 60, 65 every single week. But by doing that, I mean, when you have that kind of illness, so, you know, digestive illness, that obviously least those bad symptoms you know about, you can't refuel for the games because everything you eat is, you're not, you're not getting the nutrients from it. So, yeah, tough for him, but he's had a week off now. Um, and I think he'll be back hopefully to his best. Um, just got to keep him out of the kitchen. <laughs> Let's do our TSP player of the week. Uh, there's going to be, uh, well, I think a few few contenders. For this. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Who's still out? We'll, we'll take the, the Norwich game, if you like, and we'll take the, the Cup game as well. Anybody that you want to put forward for the social media poll? Um, I think the ob- obvious one's probably Ryan Fraser. Two goals and an assist yesterday. So, yeah, basically got, got, the, game, got the game done early in that one. Did okay at okay at Norwich nothing nothing particularly to write home about was but was all right probably the the best um performance over over the two games combined I think of the of the very few players that did feature in both yeah I assume you got man of the match uh, at the weekend too was there anyone else Glenn that that, that stood out for you Taylor Harwood Bellis but I, I, we said it every week um it's justified perfectly justified to say it every week but uh he's obviously played both games he you know and he, he's I mean, James was talking about a, a Rolls Royce of a player. He's he's kind of become that for us. It, it just seems like there's, uh, you know, I think he he had a bit of a bit of a mistake against Watford in that last minute goal we conceded. But other than that, he's he's been excellent really ever since he came into the team. But uh, no, two very good performances from him. And uh, as Alfie said earlier on, he's um, he's he's now become a bit of a bit of an attacking weapon with the. Uh, with the balls, balls across. And Ryan Fraser, you mentioned, I mean, that was such a good goal, that first goal, you know, the movement that Fraser darting from the fullback behind the defender to pick up that pass from Howard Bellis. So, yeah, those those two for me are the obvious two. It was like the goals he used to score against us. Alfie, is there anyone else? We've got those two. Can we make uh, it? I think those probably are the only two that I would nominate. But to populate the uh, the, the poll, I would say for the second half <laughs> performance. Yeah, the second half performance alone, um, yes, I would say Charlie Alcaraz. But I think he was one of those players that Glenn alluded to that Russell spoke about that was maybe just doing a bit too much, was maybe running around, not playing his position, trying to make things happen, trying to impress. Um, but in that second half, he had a hand in all three goals. He looked um, he looked a class above like he should have done. So for that second half performance, I'll go Charlie. Okay. Um, I'm going to grill you on some some transfer rumours now. Apparently today's the most popular day of the year for dating apps. So the question is, who do we need to match with yeah. this week? Um, Nikki, who's one of our patrons, actually sent us a question online um, and said, it's been a quiet start to the month. Uh, is that because the players are more settled or are the club doing a good job of, of managing expectations? Um, I think if we probably work our way through the week, Alfie, there were the, the younger players that have signed professional terms and that's good news. That That's a positive coming up the club in terms of academy players yeah it is yeah. like you know there, there's not going to be any interest in 
you know, transfer wise in those guys yet. They've literally just turned 17 years old. They're they're both um, making their 21s debuts at the moment, aren't they? Really, because um, Barnaby Williams and forgive me, I've forgotten the, the second player's name. Mm. Um, I covered it about a week ago. But in terms of transfer interest in Saints players at the moment, it's been pretty quiet, um, which is obviously a good thing. And I, I am touching wood now to try and keep that the case because the, the last thing you want is a big offer comes in sort of last few days of the window that they, they feel they can't refuse. But right now, no bids in for, for any Saints players. So it looks like hopefully keeping the squad together for now. And it sounds like, Glenn, there might be a bit of business to be done. I mean, Holgate, did he impress yesterday? I assume that's a, a conversation that might be going on. He might be uh, or may or may not be heading back. But um... Well, I, I mean, rumour has it that Everton don't want him back, basically. unless I uh, said as much, yeah. Yeah, and basically we're, we're stuck with him unless someone else comes and pays the same amount of money that, that, mm. that we're paying in terms of his wages and stuff like that. Mm. But in, in terms, I mean, if you're putting all that aside, in terms of football at the moment, Holgate can play at fullback, and at the moment we've only got two fit fullbacks. Mm. So, I I don't think it would be um, the smartest thing to do to uh, to let him go and not replace him. Um, mm. You know, maybe you wouldn't need to replace him with another centre half. You could use Shay Charles as the fourth centre half. But um, but yeah, I think you'd 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 possibly need a fullback because if I don't know if if Ryan Manning goes down, then it's it's Jade Magoma, isn't it? If uh, if Holgate's allowed to go. And that's a seventeen-year-old kid who may or may not, you know, sink or swim in a in a championship game. So, no, I, I mean, I thought Holgate is all right. I mean, he, he's obviously he's obviously got something. You know, he, you can't play as many Premier League games as he he has played and and be, you know, not be a half decent footballer. It just seems to be concentration with him. I've got a mate who's an Everton fan who said the same thing. You could never trust him not to do something stupid. And to be honest, the same thing happened, you know, that, that was proven against Walsall when he, he played a shocking pass inside. And um, I mean, it was only funny because the guy missed by his shot was as bad as Holgate's pass. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I think the guy's worth worth keeping around um, and we, we will have to bring someone in if he goes. Um, Steve, any uh, rumours that you picked up on this week? Or do you think it's going to be a, a quiet one until the end of the month? Um, I've not seen not seen an awful lot. That's for sure. Yeah. It's it's one of those. I mean, where where are the pressing needs? I mean, if you're talking about wide positions, then kind of our, our need only really extends to the end of the month, when suddenly we've got three players who can play that role back fit again, yeah, um, fit and available. Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to get a wide player in, you get it in this week so that they can play in these these games this month. But it needs to be someone who's fit and ready to go immediately, like literally Saturday. And then there's competition for places once um, once the others uh, come back. Obviously, Aribo back from from Afcon, and um, Sulemana and uh, Adozi back from injury. So yeah, I mean, other than that, you're thinking, I mean, maybe a centre forward if if somebody in the Premier League renews and renews an interest in Shea Adams. Um, but I think realistically, now yeah. that deal can only really be done if it's if it's of genuine um financial benefit to us mm. um because you've definitely you, i mean you've unquestionably got to, got to replace him given that we've laid all this money yeah. out for ross stewart who's not going to play this season now you definitely need a backup or an alternative in in that position and to be honest who would you who would you um rather have would you have someone who's proven at this level got what 15 goals in a season for for birmingham has got um six or seven for us now um after another is another of his little um little purple patches or would you rather bring in someone vaguely unproven on loan for a premier league side who whose attitude you don't really know yeah it's difficult 
and financially i i assume we're probably a little bit um a little bit hamstrung at the moment with the financial fair play thing so yeah it's i don't i don't actually think there's going to be that much movement maybe maybe one one or two in on loan if we can get away yeah. with it but it's yeah it's difficult i mean yeah the way i look at the moment is is you get one in on loan you keep everybody else at the squad you lock the doors turn off the lights switch the phones off and you hope for the best if you can get and then you've also got the, the name machine. Well, of course yeah you've got the name on the screen right now so fabio cavallo has been really well reported in the last couple of days up here from daily mail um Fabrizio Romano, a couple of other people who you would typically trust. Um, I think the club want to get somebody who has a bit of quality and he scored a load of goals in the championship when he's there. Fulham, they got, um, won the title in there a couple of years ago. Mm. So he would be brilliant. Um, but yeah, get get one person in, just someone who's a bit of inspiration, a bit of quality, um, and then just lock everybody else in. That's what I would do. If Che Adams goes, is it worth going for the sort of Billy Sharp type signing where we sign a player from, you know, League One or whatever? Who's um who scored a load of goals there, and and just see if that gets us over the line like like he did in uh, 2011. Yeah, I don't know who I don't know who scored any goals in League One this season, and um, or how much they would cost. I guess the other thing because we're going to see when the numbers come out in a couple of months' time. Um, that you know it's not a joke what Phil Parsons has said in the program that they the numbers aren't brilliant. The moment they're paying back obviously significant amounts of the loan they took from mm-hmm. um, MSP Holdings yeah. a couple of years ago. They're paying a significant back this year and a, another significant part back next year as well. Um, so there, I don't think it's going to be a huge spend, but I don't know who you'd even get in League One. I haven't been paying attention. Who's Pompey's best striker? Uh, Colby <laughs> Bishop's their top scorer. That would be funny. But the, I mean, I, I see Pompey's yeah. um, Pompey's winter implosion is well on, well underway <laughs> already. Um, <laughs> lost lost away at Cheltenham uh, yesterday, which is uh, excellent news, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and that that that's a conversation for a whole other day. Let's uh, mm. let, let's keep an eye on their results and keep our fingers crossed. Um, thank you for all your contributions this week. Thanks again to Pitta Self Drive for sponsoring the podcast this week. Uh, don't forget that they offer cars, vans, trucks, and minibuses for flexible short-term or long-term rentals with a twenty-four hour drop-off service. They're offering TSP listeners ten percent off your rental with the code Total Saints, and that's all one word. You can use that code when you book online. Just quote the code if you're booking over the phone to find out more or get in touch just search for their pitter self-drive website or give them a call on 02380 and don't forget you can follow total saints podcast on all the social media platforms we are at total saints pod uh, you can get in touch with us during the week drop us a question drop us a dm uh, we like hearing from you during the week there uh, we're also on patreon that's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast where you'll find out more about the four tiers ranging from just five pounds to 20 pounds per month each of those tiers comes with different perks there's a weekly shout out at the end of the podcast for patrons in our francis benali and our mick shannon tier so thank you to dave melton mark atkins andy hollis anthony thompson saints in exile gavin ford james harron nikki nicholson southampton ny and drew dyer who are in our francis benali tier and also thanks to colt baker dave ernsberger ed busy nick higston Phil Cook, Matt Rose, Nick Reed, Paul Stewart, Phil Horstrop, Matt Hall, and Mark Littlewood, who are in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Alfie. Thank you to Glenn. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call 
on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.